You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. part about preaching is staring at that empty page trying to figure out what it is you're going to say right the second hardest is standing up here and remembering what it is you wanted to say right <laughs> so when I agreed to preach this Sunday I was so dang confident right <laughs> and uh, not because tequila had been imbibed no no I was just confident because I thought, oh, I can preach on this, you know, and also especially coming off of our anniversary service, right? Last Sunday, our worship service was the bomb, right? Right? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit showed up and showed out in a mighty way, and we were able to catch just a glimpse, a glimpse of what worship might look like in heaven. And as I struggled to think of what to say on Monday night, I just closed my eyes and I just remembered the love and joy that reverberated through this room on Sunday, September 18th, 2022. Mm. But as usual, you know, that, I feel like that was worship reimagined, right? And I don't want to get ahead of myself because uh, I feel like before we can talk about reimagining worship, maybe it's good for us to refresh ourselves on what our traditional views of worship are, right? Does anybody have any ideas of, of what worship is? Can you, can you say something for me? Raise your hand. Let me, singing, Okay. Being in his presence, praise, anything else, worship, being with others. Did you say something? All right, all right, yes. Form of expression, okay, all right, you're all wrong. No, 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 not really, yes. Worship is all of those things, worship is all of those things. Worship cannot be put into a box. But according to the BBC, or according to, what, let's, let's say what, this is what Webster's Dictionary says, right? First. All right, what is worship? It is, the definition by Webster's is to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. So, all right. When we talk about worship, all of these different things come to mind, right? And according to the BBC, they say that there are four different um, forms of worship that churches have, that Christian churches have, right? There is liturg liturgical worship, 
and that is means it follows a set pattern of prayers and readings, usually found in printed books. There's no surprises. Everyone knows what's going to happen. You know, they read together, repeating information and singing hymns. The second is non-liturgical, which is more informal with um, tailored elements such as, uh, you know, not not quite wilding out like the other people, right? They are they still have a set topic or theme, um, you know, but the person might pray in their own words. Then we have an informal type of worship, which is focuses on praising God and is not always carried out in church. Evangelicals, Pentecostals, Holy Spirit led, um, spontaneous kind of worship. Right? This is an interesting fact. All right. The Quakers, I had no idea. I didn't really know what Quakers do other than make oats. You know, I just didn't, you know. But <laughs> Quakers, they hold meetings rather than services, right? They all get together and they like sit in a circle. There's no leader as such, there's no hymns that are set, you know, um, no sort of sermon or anything. It's just everybody sits around and most of the meeting is in silence. And then as someone feels led by God, they might stand up and say something or stand up and sing something or just talk to each other, right? It's very, very communal because they feel like it's most important to just worship is about connecting with God and connecting with others together, right? That's a beautiful thing. And then, of course, the fourth type of worship that we have up here is private, right? What you do at home, you read the Bible, you say your prayers before, you know, say grace before you eat or saying prayers before you go to bed at night or reading the scripture, right? All these different things that we do in the privacy of our own home. Or we can do it at work sometimes. You could do it different places, but it's something that you're just doing by yourself. And I feel like forefront services are a hybrid of all of these, right? We follow the liturgical calendar. We read liturgies together. We are also less formal and somewhat spontaneous. But I feel like this BBC blog that I got this, you know, I had to Google stuff, you know, I haven't been to seminary, so I'll like be Googling what is worship. And then, <laughs> all right, this came up. All right, let's go with that, right? But this BBC bite-sized blog that came up gave those four things, but there's something very important that's missing from that. There's more forms of worship. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he encourages them to serve, and I'm going to read from the King James translation of this verse. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The NIV version says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So, service of worship, reasonable service. These are the references, some of the many references to worship 
in the Bible. So worship is a way to serve God. The Hebrew word for worship is sahach, which means to bow down or worship. Sahach. I said it better the second time. <laughs> now, some of us, you know, it's not only just something that worship is not something that we only do inwardly, but it's also a physical manifestation of how we feel. Some of us close our eyes, some of us raise our hands, some of us sway back and forth, some of us dance, some of us clap as we worship. Now, this hasn't happened here. I thought it was going to happen this morning with Dash. Some of us run around the church when we're worshiping. Yay, right? <laughs> you never know. It might, it might happen. <laughs> but again, there's more to worship than what we do here on Sunday morning, right? Or when we gather together. There's more to worship. It's when we put our praise that we do in church when we put it to work in our lives, when we do something to share God's love with others, that's worship. Hebrews 13 talks about the sacrifice of praise, and it goes on to encourage us to, to do this. Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifice, God is pleased. With such sacrifice, God is pleased. So worship is a form of sacrifice, a form of service. It's a form of doing. It's not just about receiving for ourselves, but it's about giving back. It's receiving and giving back. Very important. It's a conversation, right? And so when we talk about worship reimagined, what is it that, that, that we mean at Forefront? So here's a quote from our website. We celebrate the mystery of Jesus, of our, the mystery of Jesus, of our scriptures, and our faith. Our value of reimagining worship means we are more interested in asking good questions than for having good answers. Every Sunday, we preach from our scriptures, but sometimes we say, I don't know. We sing about God every Sunday, but don't be surprised if we use different pronouns to refer to God. We take communion every Sunday, and there are no requirements to receive it. There are no doctri doctrinal or belief requirements either to volunteer or lead in church. We deconstruct and reconstruct beliefs on heaven, hell, salvation, and sexual ethics in small group discussions. We are here to reclaim the good news. Worship reimagined. Removing the limitations, the stigma, the preconceived notions, the rules, dogma, baggage. And we just want to focus on giving of one's self. That's what worship is, giving of one's self. Now, I asked for help when I was, you know, having my little panic 
on what to preach. So I sent a little message on um, our Forefront Brooklyn group and got some really great feedback on, you know, how Forefront has changed people's worship. Selena Tan reminded me of a sermon that Kai, our original, um, not our original, but one of our community pastors, that she preached, they preached a couple of years ago. And it was centered around finding spirituality when you can't go to church, right? It was early in the pandemic. Y'all remember those days? We're all like huddled around, like, is we gonna die? What's happening? You know, I wanna praise God, but don't anybody get close to me, you know, right? And so she preached about how we can make a sanctuary any place, right? Selena shared that forefront has expanded my understanding of what sacred means and therefore what worship can mean slash look like. And I think back a lot to when Kai shared about having sacred spaces in different types of rituals. Even if traditionally from another religions, that can be a part of my life and my spiritual practice and expanding my ideas of what is sacred rituals can be. That has helped me in a lot of ways beyond music styles and the limits of worship styles with worship as a proxy to only mean music and song, which is often what I'll hear in other churches I've attended. But at forefront, seeing worship as much more than that. Yes, Selena, worship is more than just singing songs and reading scripture. When you volunteer to wake up early in the morning to come over here and set that, pull stuff out of the van, that's worship. When you give up your time to, you know, to take care of the kiddos during service so that parents can focus on the message, that's worship. When you're on the AV team putting these slides up or changing lyrics for us at the last minute because we found something that does not go with what we want to say, right? That's worship. All of it is worship. So, and, and it's not limited to just Sunday mornings, of course, right? Serving food to somebody that's hungry is worship. Helping somebody clean up after their home has been damaged by floods or fire, that's worship. Helping somebody learn how to read, or there's all these things that we do throughout our lives, throughout our week, that is worship. Helping others, being of service, and doing it with love is worship. Kyle Younger shared this. He said, I've seen situations where the worship was a show. And then I've participated and seen moments where worship was an act of sharing God's love. I know when I pick up the bass and I have a chance to, I have a choice to nitpick like I'm in the studio recording with an artist where money is on the line, or I can let the spirit lead me and get out of the way. Most often I prefer prefer the latter, but there is a place for both, I guess. Guess. It depends on how much weight you give to the other. So whenever someone expresses interest in 
joining the worship team, I set up like a video chat or meet them somewhere for coffee. I think most of the times people think I'm going to make them audition, <laughs> and that's not what I'm interested in at all. Now, of course, I don't want somebody coming up tone deaf and like singing out, you know, crazy stuff. But really, this is not, I want our worship to be about ministry, not performance, right? Because you can have a fantastic voice and you could play all kinds of instruments. But if I don't feel it, if I feel you just, you're just up there to just sing for yourself, that, that doesn't translate, right? You don't have to have the best voice. You don't have to play like a virtuoso. You just have to be willing and open to serve, right? Willing and open to serve. Yes, we want excellence. Anything that we do for God, we want to do it well. We don't want to give God no mess, right? But there is a balance. There's a balance between the performance and the ministry. You need to believe what you're singing. You need to feel what you're singing and let others believe that and feel that. So excellence and spontaneity are not mutually exclusive. And they never have to be that way. Sean Thomas shared that Forefront has allowed me to truly surrender in my worship and praise without fear of judgment or rejection. Too many people have come in here wounded by being told that what they are doing is not good enough, right? I don't like that religious blackmail or that religious, you know, holding people hostage to praise. Lauren Callahan says, I have been exposed to such a variety of music and worship leaders at Forefront, and each one brings something unique to the worship experience. I mean, I remember when I first started coming here, like, you know, one, you know, it was like, this is, you know, like hipster kind of music, right? One day you're like hearing these songs like Toby Mac or, you know, or like Oceans or like, and then you'll come in and there's like a Mumford and Sons Sunday, and, you know, and then you come in and somebody's singing hymns, right? There's like a variety of ways to worship and praise, and it's, it's wonderful, it's wonderful to have that variety, and that's what we try to do. We try to keep it, keep it where we have various ethnicities, um, uh, everybody. Ev no, we try to have everyone involved and have something for everyone when we are doing worship, when we are planning worship. Megan McGivney suggested that we... Um, talk about how there are many ways to worship, which we did talk about, and especially because some churches look down on how other churches worship. And this is one of my biggest disappointments to organized religion. When we worship, shouldn't our focus be on God and what not what on other people are doing or not doing? Worship is about just choosing, choosing to worship and focus on God, and then that brings us together. It's not about how you choose to worship. It's that you choose to worship that's most important. That my worship is better than your worship thing is bunk, right? 
That's like what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. They would be like, oh, God of heaven. You know, you ever seen that? Like somebody, they're, they're just talking, and then when they start praying, they turn into a completely different person, right? Oh, thou who hath come down. And I, I don't mean to make fun of someone, but I, I'm just saying it's got to be sincere. You just, you're talking to God. That's all. You're talking to God. You're telling God what it is that you need or want or you're thanking God, right? You don't have to make it theatrical. It's just a conversation, a conversation where you listen and you speak and you share. A few months ago, we had a series on um, uh, genderful God. And for the final Sunday of that series, there was a panel discussion and um, about how we see God, right? Some of us see God as them, some see God as he, some see God as she, etc. And I remember Dee, who sees God as they, sharing that they have no problem with folks seeing God as a specific gender. Their issue is when someone tries to invalidate their beliefs, their practice. Dee said this, you cannot take God away from me, and what you think about God cannot be used as a weapon to make me believe the same as you do. If the God that you relate to excludes anybody, if your version of God cannot make room for certain kinds of people, then your understanding of God is so limited and I don't have to take that anymore. Amen? We don't have to accept a small God. We don't have to accept small worship. We don't have to say it has to be this way. All we need to do is be open and let God work it out. What God is doing for this person over here, God does not have to, have to limit what God is doing for you over there. Right? God is able to move through us in so many different forms. By the end of the series, I became, it, be, it became more clear to me that it doesn't matter, again, I think I said this already, but I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter how you see God. What matters is that you see God, right? And that God can be anything to anyone. Jim Rohner shared that Forefront has reminded him that English is not and should not be the primary language used to communicate with God, right? Yes, Jim, we love to incorporate um, songs of different languages and scriptures read in different languages. In fact, later on today during communion, we're going to have some people come up and, and read the word in different languages. It's one of the most beautiful things that I love about Forefront is that we have ways to worship and honor God. And part of that is sharing something in a different language. There have been times where we've shared something and somebody has walked through the doors for the first time and heard their native tongue spoken or sung. And that meant something to them. That was God speaking to them. Worship ministering, right? I remember going to another church I was visiting, and so I had sung um, 
Reckless Love that Rebecca had asked me to sing in Portuguese. And so one Saturday, I went to the Seventh-day Adventist church, and I sang it in Portuguese. And this gentleman came up to me after the service just moved because he had just come to the service and had never heard anything sung in the United States at church in his native tongue. And I just chose that song. I just felt led to sing that song, right? So we get to, we get to worship God in so many different ways and relate to people in so many different ways. And that's a beautiful thing. This also reminds me of a quote from uh, Christina Cleveland, who is a social psychologist, a, a public theologian, an author and activist. Some of you know who she is, even though I butchered her name, um, from the book that she wrote, God is a Black Woman. Shout out to Reverend Benita, who um, put, us, uh, put her in on our radar. But she said this, that people can meet God within their cultural context, but in order to follow God, they must cross into each other's cultures because that's what Jesus did in the incarnation and on the cross. Meet people where they are. Honor these different cultures, these different ways of worshiping God. Destiny Cushing had said that by um, having the performative aspects of church and worship that I grew up with removed, I'm able to focus so much more on God, my feelings, and really med meditate on the message being shared and how we are able to exalt God together in a special place, right? She talked about how, like, sometimes she would feel self-conscious when she was worshiping because if she raised her hand, she felt like people were being like, oh, she's being fake, you know, like that whole thing, right? I used to love to just sing, and you could just ask me at the drop of the hat, I would sing, I'm eight, I'm having an asthma attack, still singing and raising my hand, like doing this. Like, I loved to sing and worship. And as I grew older, as I got older, and like I went off to college, and I was like a theater major, right? And then the theatrics, and then sometimes when I started to worship, I felt like, oh, I'm just acting, I'm not really feeling it, you know? Like, the enemy, that, that, that voice that like hampers our worship, do not be embarrassed to raise your hand, it's all right. It's okay to sing and dance and clap and cry, all of those things. Just focus on God and not what other people are thinking. Don't let that inhibit your worship. Sue Ann Lee said, Forefront has brought so many different styles to the stage and uh, that the feel of the Holy Spirit is more inclusive than any other place I have worshipped. Our worship is honest and we make mistakes on stage or in the live stream or in AV or we have kids up on the stage on the steps. That's all right right? We are keeping it real, right? Mama needs to hear the word just like Dash. And even if Dash is running around, see, Dash heard me say that, right? <laughs> They're listening. It's all worship. We don't have to be formal. God is in all of this, all of this. And I love it. I love it. You can come up, you can come up and sing with me too later. All right. So going on to Sue Ann, she said, because even though we aim to give our best, we know that God doesn't hold us to an impossible standard 
when we come to praise. I don't ever want our service to be so holy that we can't make room for a child on the stage. I don't want that ever to happen. I'll shut this whole thing down. <laughs> right? That's right. Right? Everyone is welcome. Everyone receives. Everyone has something to contribute to our services. Focus on God and God working through different people, different moments. It's all holy. It's all affirming. All right, and of course, Jonathan Williams, our founding pastor, his response was another dang question, right? It made me think about different aspects of, the, of this value. He asks, how does the spirit interact with us throughout the week? Now, for those of you at Sunday service, were you led to like sign up and volunteer for something after hearing Josh and Vanita preach about where am I in the church, right? Were you led to call and check on one of your friends that you hadn't seen at service for a while in response to their talking about where is my brother, right? Did those things, do we carry the message that we have that we receive on Sunday, do we carry that with us as we go about our week? Or do you find yourself like humming, so amazing, amazing. I know that Lorette and my sister and I, like at different times when we were walking around the house after service, we would just start singing that, right? Heim sent me a message saying that that song kept going through his mind, right? In your heart. Do you call up those services when you're going through your week, right? If you want to know what heaven looks like, looking like me and you, right? Those things, what we hear and what we see on Sunday is to be carried with us throughout the week. This is very important. Yeah. Do you feel the spirit once you walk out those doors? Are you able to recognize the holiness of worship in the ordinary? Do you see the beauty in the variety of ways of worshiping? And are you able to focus on serving God instead of policing others? Where are you in worship? Is there room for worship in your life Monday through Saturday? Does the worship include your siblings? I leave you with Romans 15, 7. Accept one another then as Jesus Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. In order to bring praise to God, accept one another just as Jesus Christ accepted you. Will you join me in our quest 
to reimagine what it means to accept, to serve, and to worship. Amen? Amen, Dash? Amen. All right. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.